I'd heard about prostate cancer. Most men have. I even knew about the heightened risk for black men, which, when adjusted, means that it affects one in three of us. One in three. But this was only meant to happen to old men. Other men. <laughs> that wasn't until it happened to me. I couldn't make these stories up. These are the stories, the good, the bad and the unbelievable about my prostate cancer journey. So strap yourself in and let's go. Episode 18. Sing me a song, Mr. Alien. Thomas John Woodward and the facehugger from the Alien sci-fi horror franchise would on the face of it have absolutely nothing in common. One has entertained millions and sold over 100 million records, while the other has scared the willies out of millions and made many more millions at the box office. Little was I to know that I would be the missing link to bridge the two of them together. The Cooking Pot Centre is a day centre situated in North London that had been serving its community for over 30 years. As part of Black History Month, they were focusing on health issues and they'd asked for a volunteer to come and deliver a talk on prostate cancer. Keen to do as many presentations as I can, I volunteered. I got there early and I was introduced to the centre manager and they asked me if I could delay my talk because they were still waiting for some more members to attend. And while I was waiting for the others to arrive, I joined those that were there for lunch. Brilliant. There were about six members in the room in the kitchen area, three men and three women. The ages ranged from the late 40s to the oldest person that I would speak to later, Boss Mum, who was about 86 years old, and all but one of the members were black. We established that I couldn't use my presentation because they didn't have the equipment, so I was just going to freestyle. We were now 45 minutes over the agreed start time, and only an additional two members had turned up. In total, there were about eight men and 12 women. I introduced myself and began my talk. I began my second ever talk. One of the women to my left was already asleep. One of the women to my right was still having a full-blown and loud conversation to the woman next to her. I decided I was just going to carry on and figured eventually she would stop talking loud enough to realise that I'd already started. Boss mum, who was sitting to my right, shouted over to hush your mouth as I was speaking. I smiled and the talking woman stopped instantly, her bottom lip quivering and her face turned to thunder. Boss mum had spoken and she silently acknowledged it. I continued to talk and within two minutes the talking woman was fast asleep. I mean, one of those deep, sweet sleeps that no one's going to wake her from. I was getting to the halfway stage of my talk, and I now had the grand total of three members fast asleep. I tried not to take it personally, and carried on as you do. Boss woman told me her story. 
Her husband had been diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2011 and he came over from the Caribbean for treatment. He got the treatment and he was in remission and lived for another 16 years. He died on New Year's Day the year before. She was very grateful for the additional years. I thanked her for her story. Really touched. I carried on talking and noticed another female member had nodded off. The guys had at least asked a few questions, which I answered and continued talking. One of the ladies got up and slowly headed towards the door, which was about 25 yards away to my left. As she crossed the centre of the room, she suddenly changed direction and was now heading straight towards me instead. The facehugger in the Alien films is a parasitoid. Its only purpose is to make contact with the host's mouth for the implantation process, which it does by gripping its legs around the victim's head and wrapping its tail around the victim's neck. Now, sweet little Joel had learnt that when Pops enacted his version, he couldn't free his head from the playful grip. His head was perfectly small enough to accommodate a decent hold. Eventually, he would get all girly on me and shout for one of the girls to come and free him, or his mum. Then it would be a toss-up between him jumping up and down and telling me more and more, or loudly running a mile. Quote, Thomas John Woodward, or to use his more famous stage name, Sir Tom Jones, recently proved he's still a sex bomb at 74, when the stage was filled with knickers as he returned to perform in Wales for the first time in nearly a decade. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone But when I see you hanging about with anyone It's not unusual, it happens every day No matter what you say You find it happens all the time I never love to never do what you want to do The Welsh crooner played his first gig on the green, green grass of home for nine years at Chepstow Racecourse, where hordes of screaming women hurled their underwear at him. One of the 10,000 fans at the outdoor concert told the Daily Mirror, we throw the pants on stage to show him we still think he's a sex bomb in his 70s. Back to my talk, the woman continued her slow and methodical walk towards me. Like slow motion, but this was real time. With her moving directly in front of me, I was still talking, but moving my head either side of this impending figure so I could see my audience. I was beginning to wonder when she was going to veer off back towards the door. Yeah, you can keep wondering that part. She eventually reached out for my right hand and took it. Maybe she was just going to shake it and thank me for coming, even though I hadn't finished. Fair enough, that would be a nice gesture. Premature, but a nice gesture. Albeit, slap in the middle of my presentation. But, as we know, with me, why would I get that simple option? She didn't let go of my hand. In fact, she gripped it like somebody was going to take the last chicken bone off her plate and slowly tugged on it. Now, I'm still the professional, giving my presentation through all of this. I then thought she wanted to whisper something in my ear. Then, as it does in Ellisville, 
it slowly dawned on me. My girl was pulling me in for a kiss. I can a big, wet, geriatric kiss. More and more waves. Is there any better sort? I managed to get that well-rehearsed face hug a hold on my elderly groupie with about a foot to spare. I had to thank Joel later on for my perfection of this swift art. Boss mom shouted out, Gwen, stop that! Really? Everybody in the room is so calm. Is this a regular occurrence? I shot a look over to my host. He shot back a look of terror and embarrassment that were neatly blended together. To be fair, he and his assistant moved in very swiftly once they realised what was happening. Just like Formula One pit crew, and they saved me. Tom Jones gets his adoring fans, millions in the bank, and the swooning. I get somebody's great-grandmother moving in sloth-like for a big wet one. But you know what? I hadn't dropped a word in my presentation. If we never have anything else in common, me and old Tom, for those few moments, we were both unshakable professionals. While my host, Imram, and his assistant guided back a giggling Gwen to her chair, I finished off my presentation. One of the members woke up and promptly walked off without a look back. The others thanked me for coming and the elderly elephant in the room called Gwen was never mentioned. It's like she never existed. Now I was a seasoned professional. The woman who'd been talking at the beginning also disappeared. So thankfully, there was nothing more to come of that. Gwen was now seated and giddily smiling away in her chair. Now, as long as she wasn't thinking what could have been, then everything was all right. I started to give out the leaflets that I had with me. The woman next to Boss Mum said that this was Boss Mum's first day back since her son had passed. I said I was sorry, but there was a lot more to that story. Boss Mum said she had buried her husband, brother and her son all to prostate cancer. She had buried her son just over a week ago. He had spent a lot of time looking after her, but he forgot to look after himself. She was crying under her glasses, the tears collecting in one of the bottom rims. She took my hand and she said she was so happy and glad that I had come today because she didn't know what to say to her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren. But now she did. I stood speechless for a moment, trying to take in what she had said to me. How honoured I felt that I'd made a change. It was a very humble moment for me. I talked to help and this was more than ample reward. She then loudly announced she needs to go for a pee. And off she went. I can't think of anything better to break the moment. I packed up, said my goodbyes. And as I passed the open disabled toilet door, Imran, my host, was being quizzed by boss mum as she was asking him to have a look at the colour of her pee. Another job well done. And I was off to the green, green grass of home. Thank you.